This is the Ice Blue Money Podcast with Greg Carter and Danny Bullock. Achieving your dream retirement is a lot like making the big leagues. To achieve your dreams, you need great coaches. Each week, Greg and Danny share insights to help you reach your financial goals and achieve your retirement dreams. Now, the Ice Blue Money Podcast with Greg Carter and Danny Bullock. And we are back. It's the Ice Blue Money Podcast. I am Bill Seller with Greg Carter and Danny Bullock. Gentlemen, how are you? Great. Best day of my life. Absolutely. Fantastic and excited. Ready to get into it, man. Looking forward to this episode. Always got good stuff going on. And then the reason, if you're just finding us for the first time, uh, the reason we do get together uh, is to talk about retirement, how to get there and how to get through those years. Um, Because just what I've learned already from Greg and Danny and doing the show with you guys is that getting there is the easy part. (laughs) It's the the getting through it that can can wind up being a little tough. But we're going to talk about some things that are going on in the world as far as your money goes. Um, Every week we do get together to do that. So if this is the kind of thing you're interested in and you want to keep tabs on, please go ahead, hit your like, subscribe, whatever button you have there on your player, and that'll keep you up to date when a new episode comes out. Um, I did want to start with this, though, because we were just talking about it off the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is uh, something mm. that sounds pretty good to the three of us. Mm. Uh, Ego has gotten together with the folks at Appalachian Sipping Cream, which neither Danny nor Greg had heard of, but I have uh, partaken a few times, and it's rather delicious. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Ego's got this new thing called Brunch in a Jar. Tastes like waffles, mm. a hint of bacon, butter, and maple syrup. Speaking to oh, me. Oh, oh. And it's 40 proof. 40 proof. Yeah. Now I'm in. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's a party in a jar, man. Oh, my right. Lord. It, it, it's, it takes it's, brunch to the next level, right? Yeah. I think it's how men should have brunch. This is We should have brunch parties. <laughs> and this is how we should have brunch. I love it. Just have jars and jars of this stuff, you know, just handing it out. Oh, man, that's beautiful. That's, yeah, man. Yeah. Those folks do it, right? They, they put their stuff in a mason jar. Mm. And... Uh, Matter of fact, you can uh, you can even get it kind of fancy, right? It's a comes with a slice of bacon in it and a mini waffle on the rim. Wow! It's like they have been reading my journal, man. <laughs> like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it, it, you. This is a testament to putting things out in the universe and That's things right. just happening. You know, I, I, somewhere I must have put this out, man, and they just captured it. it it's it's beautiful. I know what I want for Christmas now. Yeah. My wife is listening to this. I I need a year subscription to this. This is, Hell yeah. this this really is good, good stuff right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, hang on a second. I'm sorry. It's uh Oh, that no, that wasn't that. I'm sorry. That's just... <laughs> that was uh that was coffee. Yeah, that's what that was. Are you sponsored by them? Uh, oh, no. Sad, sadly no. No, let's just make that clear, but no. <laughs> oh, we should try and see if they can send us a couple of jars. I can almost guarantee that this podcast will take a whole new direction we start sipping those things doing this thing I, I, <laughs> you think <laughs> oh my get uh, censored in a week just can't say that anymore just, right. <laughs> what happened on the podcast oh we had a couple of egos oh, yeah you know? yeah, yeah. it's a good run though it was a good run yeah. it was a good run just, right oh man all right so <laughs> i ran across this question the other day and i said i gotta ask these guys this so the question is is it possible to be rich and poor at the same time? Well, according to a recent Bloomberg survey, the answer is yes. They found some people who make $5 million a year still feel broke. Mm. 
uh, in general, the survey was focused on people that made at least 175000 a year. Um, and one in four say they are poor or just getting by. Is that a sign of the times? Is it insecurity? Uh, is it that feeling of, I don't think I have enough to get through retirement? What do you guys think that is? Well, I mean, it, they say it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Mm. How much of what you make do you actually keep? So I think this is a, you know, along those lines, I've met with high net worth individuals who just feel like they're not where they want to be. They're putting out more, um, more than they make it sometimes. And they aren't really able to save for retirement because of lifestyle, supporting a lifestyle. So I think that supports this. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think one of the things that uh, sometimes if you're not making that type of money, you seem to think that uh, you have no problems when you do start making um, that type of money. But one, it's a lifestyle change. Uh, sometimes I, I have clients, one comes to mind right now. Uh, I know, you know, on paper, he makes a million dollars a year, yet uh, he has a really difficult time with his budget. And that's because all of the expenses and you know, high life lifestyle that he lives. And I, I try to tell my clients a lot when uh, we are looking at, you know, cash flow and we're trying to get the budget under control is you don't have a lack of money problem. A lot of times you have a lack of money discipline problem. And yeah. if you are not disciplined with a hundred dollars, you're not going to be any better with a hundred thousand dollars. And, and right. I think this article almost leans into uh, America, really uh, our, um, problem with being consumers. We want more. We want more. We want more. And, um, you know, we can run up things on credit. We, we want to live this certain lifestyle. And I think, you know, this is what's leading individuals to who make this type of money to feel like they're poor because they're essentially, you know, $175,000, but they're still living paycheck to paycheck because yeah. of all of the expenses. And it, it's, it's sad, but it's the new reality, like you were saying, Bill. Well, and I was going to jump in and ask, is it because a lot of us fall into that trap of having, you know, champagne taste and a sparkling water budget, and we just don't know how to be disciplined, like you're saying? It, it could be, and it's also a habit, right? And, it, and mm. today is so easy. I'll, my wife and I'll say, okay, we'll tell the teenagers, no DoorDash or Uber Eats this week or this weekend. We bought all these groceries, and then we end up DoorDashing and Uber Eats because it's just so easy to hit that button. And I think it just speaks to the mode that we came in out of the pandemic and just how how good technology and logistics and delivery services are. You create these habits and you look up at the end of the month, if you care to track it, and you say, oh, my God, look what we spent on this line item. So I think it's a lack of discipline more than anything. And, and before you look up, it's snowballed and, it, and it's eroded. Um, your budget and, and, and made some bad spending habits. And, and I yep. think like you said, Greg, you know, going into uh, just how easy our lives have gotten with certain subscriptions, look at, uh, you know, TV, you know, we have had a certain um, streaming service for God, almost 10 years. And we watched how much that's gone up in the last 10 years. But now, you know, we got rid of cable because it was so much a month. But now all the streaming services that we have are almost the same we're amount back. we were paying exactly yeah. for for, yeah. for cable. And, and I think that's one of the things, the rising cost of just living, you know, being um, 
not being aware of what it costs, you know, with some of the things that are going up. And then if you're making a certain dollar amount, uh, sometimes your kids are, aren't going to public school. You're sending them to private school and then right. the costs that, you know, go with private school. And so you have all of these additional expenses and it's like on paper, I should be all right. But, you know, I, I realistically, um, I'm having a hard time just keeping my head above water. And it's one of the things that, you know, I know we talk a lot to our clients about Greg diligently is really getting a hold of that budget and understanding everything that you have coming in and going out. Yeah, because when you when you do that, you start to say, oh, my God, I could I could really do without this. Yeah, I didn't realize I was paying this monthly for the last five years i don't use it yeah and so we and through that exercise you're describing we begin to you know sh- shine the light on uh spending that we don't need yeah you mentioned the tv thing we did that years ago when youtube tv first came out mm-hmm. right we cut the cord because it was really good had a lot of channels very cheap but within a year they kept adding packages that yeah. jacked the price back up right. and, and and with that because we got rid of some of the things we liked with with the cable we had to buy another streaming service to get the movies we wanted, right? Yeah. And then event, like you said, Danny, we're just right back to where we were. So instead of paying three bills, we went back to cable and just it paying the worth, one. Yeah, it might be worth looking into <laughs> it. And it's funny how yeah. it seems like they're all working together because at least cable, you have all these um, channels in one service. You literally have to get a bunch of different streaming services to get the channels. Yeah. Replace the the, the uh, movie channels that you have with cable. It's crazy. I think one of the other things about that article, Bill, that was funny was their definition of uh, rich. Like, like, what do you define as being rich? And I think sometimes people think a million dollars, making a million dollars a year, you know, is rich. And I think it's all relative. You know, what what does your lifestyle look like? You know, um, you can be rich in you know, as far as dollars, but poor in money habits and um, just life skills. And then you can be a guy who makes fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year and you have a really, you know, tight budget and you are able to do things that people who probably make, you know, twice as much as you do a year can't do because they don't have a hole in their budget. And I think, you know, uh being, you know, rich is is to some degree a state of mind because if you limit some of your expenses, I, I think you would have a little bit more freedom to live some of the, the way, you know, uh, you think some of these people live with vacations and things of that uh, nature with uh, just adding delayed gratification uh, to your lifestyle. Well, right. And, and I think I read an article. I can't remember who did it a couple of weeks ago about what is rich, right? How, the definition of rich has changed for people. Mm. For some folks, it isn't making the money. It's what's around them. It's family. It's it's the way they live, right? Uh, it's not just money anymore. Uh, so, you know, what is it that makes you feel rich? But I find it hard to believe that people making $5 million a year still feel broke. I'd love to give it a shot. I would love yeah, to find yeah, out. I, I, <laughs> I, when I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, I'll, uh, I'll imagine how many uh, how many jars of brunch in a jar could that buy? Ooh, uh, my. Ooh. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Now, with this in mind, and you're talking about money habits and that kind of thing, I know you guys have put together kind of a list of things you wanted to talk about that kind of relates to all of this. Yeah. And today's uh, topic will be um, it's a two part. And we're, we're talking about just some of the common retirement mistakes people make. And uh, one of the things that I'm pretty sure. Uh, they covered in that article is, um, you know, people who felt like they were living, you know, um, 
paycheck to paycheck is probably having problems saving consistently uh, for retirement. And so what we wanted to do is compile a list of like eight different things, common mistakes that we find people make who come in to talk to us that they're making. And then we want to, you know, kind of just tell you how to be able to um, avoid those pitfalls. And so I'm going to get started looking at um, just some common retirement mistakes. And usually the first one, honestly, and Greg can contest to this, is having no plan at all. A lot of times people, yeah. for some reason, um, either it be through uh, just not being educated about uh, how to um, systematically save for retirement or, you know, feeling they should have more money saved to date, don't have any plan at all. And they're kind of leaving it to the wind and, and, and thinking, you know, somewhere along the line, something will change in hopes to, you know, of their retirement plan. And, you know, maybe they get a windfall of money or, you know, something, maybe they won't need as much in retirement, but we have seen our fair share of people who come in and have, you know, no plan for their retirement at all. And you start to ask them questions about it. And one of my first questions when I find out is, you know, do you really want to work forever? And they're like, no, I'm like, well, this is how you're currently set up. Because how are you going to live, you know, in the later stages, your golden years, you know, what are you going to live off? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm hoping Social Security might be there or, you know, and I'm like, well, OK, is that enough to live off your current lifestyle? And then they, they say no. And I'm like, so where's the extra money going to come from to be able to live off it? And a lot of people just have no plan. And I think a lot of them are, again, going back to just being ashamed of thinking they should have be they should be a lot further down the road than they actually are. And they're not. And so with this mistake, we say start, start where you are, you know, and it right. doesn't matter if it's 50 bucks a week, a hundred bucks a week or whatever, start putting money away systematically for your retirement years. And the sooner you get started, the more you stay consistent, it, 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 it works. And, and not only does it work, but it matters. And a lot of times people will say, well, Danny, I only have, you know, 50 or 100 bucks a week to be able to put towards my retirement. And I'm like, it, it'll matter. It'll matter if you can do it systematically and, and consistency, you know, add that to anything. You know, you're going to see this thing build and at least it's something. And I don't care if you're 40, if you're 50, you know, start putting away money now for your retirement. Because trust me, nobody else is going to do it for you. <laughs> You're waiting that's for somebody right. else to save you. Then, you know, that's just not going to happen. So got to start saving. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't plan, then you plan to fail. We we had some friends of the family uh, when I was growing up and they would take their kids on vacation and they would just set out. They they'd say, hey, we're going to, to the beach. No hotel reservations, no <laughs> park tickets, and sometimes it worked out, sometimes it wouldn't. And my parents would always say, my God, how do they do that? Like, how do you just set out on a course and you don't have any details, any plans, any reservations? So uh, I know that's what you're talking about. The next item on the list is not participating in employer-sponsored plans. And a lot, we see this with a lot of young folks. Um and sometimes people who aren't so young, but they want to keep everything in the paycheck. They want to bring as much home as possible. But there are some pros to participating in the employer sponsored plan. Uh, first of all, you, you'll be saving tax deferred money for the future. So you don't pay any taxes on the gains in that retirement account. Also, your employer likely has a match. They want it's you to contribute. Money. Yeah. And they give you free money through that match. Um 
And then you're going to get some benefit that year, whatever you contribute. Uh, if it is a, a pre-tax account, you'll be able to deduct that from uh, your tax return for that year. Um, and one of the things we work with clients on is a balance, right? We do want to contribute to the employer-sponsored plan, but we also want to look at some your own personal savings, especially with an emphasis on tax-free savings after tax dollars. But for sure, you should be participating in your employer-sponsored plan if you've got some of those benefits I mentioned, like the tax deferral, the match, uh, the deduction. You know, one of the things I like to do with that, Greg, is when people who aren't participating in the plan start talking about, you know, wanting to take every dollar they have available to them home. I really show them what if, if their employer is matching three percent, we say put up to the match. I show them what three percent of their, you know, um, pay your take home pay is. And I'm like, are you really telling me you're that tight to your budget that you can't afford this amount of money coming out of your check? going uh, into a re account for your retirement. Uh, are you really that tight in your budget that you can't afford it? And once they get to look at the dollar amount, they're like, no, I, you know, I definitely can, you know, you know, put that money away. And so I usually start with showing them what that dollar amount is and then showing them what it looks like when their employer adds the match and compound that thing for, you know, we have a system that allows us to roll it out, you right. know, for 10, 15 years. And we get to show them, you know, just looking at your deposit in the match, what it looks like, you know, and so once they see that, then they're a little bit more encouraged to want to keep contributing uh, to, you know, the 401k. Yeah, absolutely. The next uh, common retirement mistake we see, Bill, is trying to time the market. And we can't time the market. Um, you know, I think about my own father left corporate America in, in 1999 and uh, he was ready to go. And his boss said, hey, stay a couple of years. You know, we, I got a big promotion in store for you. And he said, nope, I'm ready. I'm at the age. Uh, you know, my wife and I have things we want to do. Our kids are in college. And I think if he had stayed past 99, just another 18 months or so, he would have gotten caught up in that stock market catastrophe that we saw oh. September 11th, mm. 2001, going into 2002. And so all the money he had saved for 30 years working in corporate America could have taken a serious hit. Uh, and then he would maybe would have been forced to stay another four, five, six, seven years to get that money back. Wow. So how do you time the market? Uh, I was looking at a stat earlier before the podcast. In the first half of 2022, the S&P 500 fell by 21%. That was the mm -hmm. worst start uh, for the S&P 500 in one year since 1970. Wow. So we know that the market is dynamic, at times volatile, and of course, we're skilled at helping people you know, balance their portfolios and, and work through those things. But for somebody saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine because my retirement's <laughs> up this year, I'm going to go next year. Uh, to Danny's point about planning, we've got to have a plan to get you to the, the, you know, the end goal, which is retirement without something derailing you. And and what's interesting there is you mentioned timing the market. I, I've heard people say this before too. The, the problem with timing the market is that you have to time it twice. Yeah. Right. Right. Getting out and getting back in. That's right. And I, and I had a guy tell me once, what's more, he said, time in the market a lot more important than timing the market. Mm. 
And I always kind of took that to heart. Uh, I was told that years ago, but, but yeah, that whole timing, the market thing, that just seems like gambling to me. Yeah. Well, it is high stakes gambling with your retirement money yeah. too. And you know, the great Warren Buffett can't time the market. And you, you, if you ever listen to him, he said it, You're like, I can't time the market. You know, I, I don't, and we, you know, study it and we look at certain indicators, but there is no guarantee when it comes to these things. And I love it when people talk about timing the market, I always think of, you know, jump rope, like double Dutch. Have you ever seen double Dutch and the two ropes going and people <laughs> yeah. are trying to jump in, get in so they can keep the ropes going. Think about you trying to uh, jump into uh, jumping rope double dutch. That's what it looks like trying to time the market. It's just it's just mm. not going to happen. You know, it, it never works out in the manner that you think. And you're not as smart and savvy, you know, uh, as you may think as well. Not unless you, you're actually down on Wall Street. You may have a little bit better luck, but even they'll right. tell you it's just not something they would recommend as a retirement strategy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you do it, if you do it a lot and get it right a lot, well, then they start to look at you sideways. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. Not, so. well, well, here's a here's a deal I'll make with you, Danny. If if you will double dutch for mm. five minutes on video, I will buy you a case of the brunch in a jar. All right. So first off, you Ooh. never want to buy me. You don't want to buy me a. Um, case of a brush in the jar because first you said jump rope for five minutes all right forget double dutch you said jump rope for five minutes i can't even do that how about we scale that back and we, we say if i can successfully get into the you know double dutch without tripping and killing myself and yeah. i can do it for two minutes can, can we do that i like that bill what you all think? right then we'll knock it down to half a half a case. Okay. What? Whoa, 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 Bill. I had a deal. I had a deal on the table. So I, I, I could do two but five minutes. I'm come on, man. I'm 47 years old. What do you, wow. you want me to do? I yeah. I was gonna go yeah. to uh Ice Blue Money after dark and, and kind of say there's, you know, five minutes is a long time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, hell, at my age, I might as well just go to the hospital now and just skip the whole jump in the rope part because yeah. that, that's where I'm going to be when it's over. So, man. So, oh, man. Yeah. So uh, the other point um, I think we're going to touch on today is, you know, really understanding how long you're going to be retired. And I think this is one of the biggest um, misunderstood factors when it comes into retirement and looking at um, retirement dollars and how much money you're going to live, need to live, you know, in, um, you know, the golden years of your life is, you know, one, understanding how much money you need for retirement, but then also understanding that if you decide to retire, you know, call it 65, call it 70. You know, how long do you plan to live, you know, in retirement? When we do our retirement planning, we always do the averages and we usually do um, men at 85, women at 87. That's that's about the averages uh, for lifestyle. But I always tell individuals to think about the oldest living person you know of in your family. And for me, my grandfather lived to be 92 years old. And so wow. if I retired at 70 years old, I would need money to live off for another 22 years. What do I want my lifestyle to look like for 22 years? And I don't think a lot of people actually play that forward enough. Do you actually have enough money coming in if you decided to stop working at 65, 66 and you took, you know, full Social Security at 66? You know, is that enough with the other money that you have coming in to be able to let you live another 25, 30 years without having to really cut back, 
you know, on things like food. We're not even talking about, you know, taking trips and going to see the grandbabies and helping to pay for education for some of your grandkids or something like that. But do you have enough money to be able to live another 20 plus years to cover just your basic living expenses? And one of the biggest mistakes we see with that is sometimes people just aren't knowledgeable about it and, and willing to play it forward. And we get them to see like, look, what happens if you live till 90? What do you want your life to look like? Do you want to live with one of your relatives? Do you want to have to move in with your children? Do you want to be a burden to them? Are you going to go into a nursing home facility? And if so, what are the costs of all of these things? And so we build all of these things out so they have a working knowledge of, okay, so this is the amount of money I I think I'm going to need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And we uh, actually give them a little bit more comfort to be able to make those decisions down the road. And so I I think when it comes to um, understanding, you know, how long you'll be retired, you know, you really have to build that part into uh, your overall um, retirement plan and and where you're going to um, live, you know, where where, where you're going to live, you know, uh, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? And all of those things come into a factor, coming to be a factor when you start looking at your your later years. And keep in mind, people say, oh, well, I want to work. Do you really think you're going to be working at 80 years old? Do you want to work at 80 years old? And that's the bigger question. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like y'all, but uh, <laughs> you don't want to be doing this in 80 years. No, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I, I want to be on the beach somewhere, you know, sipping out of one of those mason jars, having breakfast out of one of those mason jars. That's what there I we want go. to be doing. <laughs> and so yeah. you got to get to a point where we can build those kind of things out as well. Yeah, only thing I'd say on that is last night I watched the uh, Carol Burnett 90 year special. She's 90 years yeah. old. And I know it was good. a rerun. But she looked great. She looked yes, fantastic. She and so they're showing clips of her from the 50s, 60s. I remember the 70s watching it with my, my parents and uh, up through the 80s movies she'd done. And I'm just thinking, man, I wonder if she knew she was going to live to 90. Yeah. Did she have, you know, financial planning to help, uh, you know, get her to where she is now and sustain the lifestyle of a star and a celebrity? Probably the answer is yes. But what about the average person? We don't know the day or the hour mm. that we're going to leave here. Um, and it could be longer than you think. So to, to all those points you made, we we work with clients to make sure their money can outlive them and that they don't outlive their money. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to we're gonna have to wrap this one up, but in the next podcast, we're going to continue with this list. We're going to talk more about the mistakes that folks make in retirement. I, this has been really helpful. I know a lot of folks are taking notes and uh, hopefully paying attention because that's uh, this can all make a big difference, right? Absolutely. And, uh, Greg, you're absolutely, absolutely. right, man. You, we, we, we don't know when our, our ticket is punched, right? So we yeah. got to be prepared in case it takes a while. Yeah, this so, ain't no dress rehearsal. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure to get together with you guys. Absolutely. And please, again, thank you so much for listening. And, and again, please remember to go ahead and hit that like, subscribe, whatever the button says on your podcast player. That way you don't miss a new episode when they come out every week of uh, Ice Blue Money. And remember that the future depends on what you do today. Forget about yesterday. The future starts today. Believe in what you're building. You're building something special. And that's uh, the most important thing. So till next time. 
You've been listening to Greg Carter and Danny Bullock and the Ice Blue Money Podcast, helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investment and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any comments regarding safety and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advice products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. No legal advice options or recommendations are being made in respect to this proposal. You should consult your tax professional or attorney concerning such advice and opinions.